All right. Welcome in, guys. Uh, Chris Marler here from SES, along with my former co-host and good friend, Connor O'Gara. Connor, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm hanging in there. I, I always tell myself, I'm not going to overreact. Everything's going to be fine. We're going to yeah. get through the first rankings. And then I, I say to myself afterwards, well, Connor, you just wrote a thousand words about this. <laughs> and you have some thoughts. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean, like, I feel like last year I definitely overreacted. This year I didn't feel like I overreacted as much, but I wish there was one thing the committee would have overreacted. Let's get into the actual rankings themselves. Um, and I was on a different show, and I didn't have time to make the stupid logo, or what do you call it, a graphic for it with the actual rankings, but just kind of going through them. 10 Ole Miss, which I thought was pretty cool. I'm not going to get outside the top 10 just because it's not as relevant. We'll talk about some of the matchups. Wow, shots fired at Mizzou. Jeez. But still, I was just about to go there. The Mizzou, as you put out on Twitter, number 12 overall, which is the highest they've had in program history, right? Highest in program history, indeed. Um, yeah, that, th- that I think has some significance for, for the Georgia side of this, the quality mm-hmm. of wins. And also, uh, let's get, you know what, let's get through the rest of the top 10 and then yeah. we'll, we'll kind of we'll, we'll do some takeaways. So Ole Miss at 10, 9 was OU, 8 was Alabama, 7 was Texas, 6 was Oregon, 5 Washington. And then you get into the top four, which are the ones that matter the most, even though it's only week one. Uh, number four, Florida State number three, Michigan, number two, Georgia, and number one, Ohio State, which I think if you looked at some of the stuff, the history of the committee, it shouldn't have been that big of a surprise. That's where they were going to go. Right off the bat, your biggest takeaways from not just the top 10, but but you know the, the top 25 and the, the rankings in general. Yeah, I, like, I, I never get this right on the first time, and I had the top six nailed which does not happen. And it felt weird. It felt really weird to say, wait, I'm going to put Ohio State at one. I'm going to put Georgia at two and Michigan at three. Like, I'm really going to put Michigan at three. But what the difference between, if you're looking at this between the the selection poll and the AP poll, the AP poll you can look at and be like, yeah, yeah, they're probably a little bit too reactionary with some of the stuff. Like some of the way that teams drops. And and the way that this all plays out, if, if you just looked at last year, Tennessee mm-hmm. was ranked number one in that first playoff poll ahead of Georgia. Mm-hmm. Did not matter that Georgia was the defending national champ. Did not matter that Tennessee had not beat Georgia in six years at the time of that match or at the time right. of that ranking. So for all of the, the Michigan fans saying, oh, well, we curb stomped Ohio State the last two years. I don't care. It doesn't right. matter. Like that doesn't matter in this ranking because if it did, then Georgia would be number one because Georgia's won 25 straight games. All right. Right. That's sweet. We we know that's true. So I had no problem whatsoever with Ohio State at one, Georgia Mm -hmm. at two, and then Michigan at three. How wide of a smile is too wide of a smile from Kirby Smart to be at number two and not number one? Loves it. And and so here's, here's the thing I thought was interesting about this year's ranking from the top four that you bring up, right? So I, I was off by one. I thought they would put Michigan at four and Florida State at three because mm. Florida State has the big win against LSU. Now, in my dumb head, I was like, well, they went on the road and beat Clemson. Clemson kind of sucks. So so it's like maybe it doesn't, that doesn't factor it in as much. But then you look at Michigan's resume, and, and I thought about this, especially after you brought up the Tennessee thing from a year ago, because we all know that Georgia was a better team, especially looking back on hindsight being 2020, right? Georgia destroys Tennessee, but Tennessee comes in that into that week with five wins against ranked opponents, the number one offense in the country. I thought it was interesting that you had the committee or the the people at ESPN, another committee, saying 
they asked all four guys that were a part of the show, Herb Street, McElroy, Booger McFarland, and, and Joey Galloway, all four of them had a different answer. And I think that when you look at the top three, if I, if I said Ohio State should be number one because Ohio State has the best resume out of the people in the top four or five, I, don't, I think that's you know like not up for debate. If you said Georgia was number one because Georgia's probably the best team in the country, especially for what we just saw last week or, or you know defending national champs or whatever you want to say, then you haven't been knocked off yet. I think that is also a good point. If you want to tell me that Michigan has been the most dominant team in the country is at number one, I could see an argument for that. So it's like it's the first week of the rankings, and I feel like you could make a case for several several people. But I, I do feel like with the top, I would say top 10, really, or top eight, I think they got it right. Yeah. Um, the one – yeah, like, like I said, I, I don't have a problem with – with how they did one through three, maybe there's a question to be asked, like should Florida state be ahead of Michigan because Florida state kind of quietly, everybody was talking about, Oh, Boston college took you down on the wire. You know what Florida state's been doing for the last month is beating everybody by at least three scores. I know they were down in that Duke game, so it didn't really feel like it because they were down 10 early, but they have stormed back and looked really good. And by the way, Boston college is probably a better team than people realize they've won four consecutive games. So Mm -hmm. kind of take that for what it is. But I think it's interesting to see that the head-to-head, even with a pair of one-loss teams, did not prove to be the ultimate difference maker when it came to ranking Texas and Oklahoma, a couple of future SEC teams. If I'm an Oklahoma fan, I'm kind of pissed. I'm kind of pissed. You beat them on a neutral – you beat them at a neutral site. You both have the one loss, and I get it. You can make a case that Texas winning in Tuscaloosa by double digits, maybe the best win in college football. That is the best argument in favor of Texas. If your argument as to why Oklahoma should have been below Texas is, well, the loss is so bad. Kansas is in the poll. Kansas is 21. Yeah. They're six and two. They're pretty. Right. They're they're a good team. Lance, like this. This is a a a a stale argument. If that's the one that you're making, so like. Right. I, I agreed more so with McElroy when they talked about that on the on the ranking show as opposed to Herb Street, which I get it. You have to factor in the entire resume. Mm-hmm. And I'm just comparing the teams that have the same amount of losses. I think right. that's where it's more significant. Whereas like the Mizzou LSU thing, you know, Mizzou is is ranked ahead of LSU despite the fact that Mizzou lost at home to LSU. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, all right, well, Mizzou is the one loss. LSU is the two. So it's not the only thing on the resume, but I kind of like it more so when it's a deciding factor for teams that have the same amount of losses. I I almost like this idea of the, of like a tier system with, with where it's at, where undefeated and then go to one loss and then go to two losses. Because I think you're right. Like that, that is where it stops. Where it's like, yeah, I understand that LSU beat, beat Mizzou. And and like the, the point differential is probably a little bit, it was, it was way closer than how that game like looks on the scoreboard, you know? What a backdoor um, cover that was for LSU, man. Well, that pick I, six. <laughs> down 22-7, too. Um, no, but I, I will say, too, like I, I get I could get Oklahoma's gripe. I could I could totally see that. It, it was there were interesting, it was interesting for a lot of reasons. And I think the FSU thing, it's funny because he brought up the Boston College game. I thought that was one of the mm-hmm. most interesting comments that was made because just stripping from the fact that we haven't heard anyone say that, right? Like, in, and I don't even know how long. But they beat Boston College in the red bandana game. And you're right. They have been giving them like a lot of grief for that that close win for a while now. But that's FSU been held against them in the AP poll, but not in the selection. That's that's right. the difference of viewpoint that, that I'm talking about that I think is important. Well, in FSU, when you look at two like their, their resume, they have more wins against currently ranked opponents than Georgia and Michigan combined. Now, is that number one total? Yeah, it is. But still, that's more than Georgia and Michigan combined. 
I, I thought the other thing that was the most interesting, and I'm, I'll stay in the top 10, and I know that you and I both cover SEC stuff predominantly, but the Michigan being at, the Michigan thing being at three, I think that they are one of the most dominant teams in the country. I was surprised even when I looked at today that their their overall their opponents' overall record is 31 and 33, which is not anywhere close to as bad as Georgia's. It's yeah. really not that bad at all. They half their teams have, have, that they played have had winning uh winning records. But I thought it was interesting, and not saying right or wrong, but just interesting that the committee chairman said that they didn't factor in the sign stealing incident or allegations at all and said it was Shouldn't. an NCAA problem. No, I, and I don't even disagree with that. But I just thought it was interesting they said if that's an NCAA issue, not a CFP issue. Totally separate. Totally separate entities. And I, I was talking about this with, with Will like a probably close to a week ago. Yeah. And, and he was saying, how can the selection committee not factor that in if they have proof of cheating that happened in games this season? And right. my, my point is, they don't have to make that determination. They don't have to make that determination whether or not they want to listen to this ESPN reporter, that Yahoo reporter, this Sports Illustrated report. Yeah. All they have to do is wait for either the Big Ten or the NCAA to step in. And if they have some sort of sanction, then they can choose to abide by that. But until yeah. then, it's not really their job to figure it out. And I get this is going to turn into a Michigan against the world type season. It's already there. That mm-hmm. that point is, has been hammered home. And this number three ranking will only add credence to that. But yeah. it's still one of those things that I look at and I'm just like, all right, man, if, if another team, if Georgia were in that spot and Georgia had the exact same like lack of quality opponents, which look, I think Georgia beating Florida State the way that it did in a neutral site game, I think that probably helped them getting mm-hmm. pushed past Michigan. Cause I think that win is probably better than anything on Michigan's resume, but like Michigan fans would be irate if Georgia's got that kind of love. And I get it. Michigan has an average scoring margin against power five competition of 39.6. I did yeah. my, my weekly breakdown of like all the zero and one loss yeah. teams. And it's more, it's almost double the, the second place team, which is Oregon at like 20.6 or something That's like crazy. that. It's crazy. I mean, they've been so unbelievably dominant. The yeah, but of course, is the competition, and that'll play itself out. And I honestly, I don't think my issue with Michigan is the fact that the 110th or 111th ranked ranked the schedule right now. But like, it is kind of odd when you think about the fact that okay, well, their best win, like on paper, it's it's a dream for me as somebody that loves to bash Michigan and the Big Ten. Like, their best win on paper is at Rutgers. Rutgers Home against Rutgers at Minnesota. Okay, right, right. And I and I don't think that I, honestly, if we're being I, I think Rutgers is a pretty good football team, to be honest. Well, I think, eligible. Like, yeah, they're both eligible already. And they that UNLV is another win for them. I'm not gonna count that in favor of Michigan. But like when I look at when I look at Georgia's schedule, and it's like all right, your best wins are against five and three Florida and five and three, five and three um Kentucky. Kentucky like yeah. I think that you know those those are kind of interchangeable, but for the sake of like argument and fun, um and just needling the Michigan thing, I do think it's interesting. And you're right, but like maybe more so this year than ever, I do feel like it's so much clearer to see that this is all going to play out. Like, this is all going to play out because Ohio State and Michigan are going to play. Michigan has to play their two ranked opponents in two of the last three weeks of the season. Georgia's got to go through murderous row over the next three weeks. I, I mean, like, thoughts on that? You know, yeah, I, I kind of like that this, this was not the first hole for the Danny Canals of the world that yeah. believe this is all about brands and that certain conferences are favored over the others. Right. I thought they played it pretty fair. I think you could look at this and say, well, you got two Big Ten teams 
in the top three. You have the first one-loss team is from the Pac-12, the team that hasn't had a team in the college football playoff in seven years. And then you look down the line, you're like, all right, well, Ole Miss didn't just get the benefit of the doubt because in the SEC, they're still ranked behind a bunch of one-loss teams, multiple one-loss teams from the Big 12. Mizzou is still sitting there at, at number 12. Like it's not like they all of a sudden vaulted just because, oh my God, like Mizzou is is this team that, that still has one loss going into November in the SEC. That's incredible. Like their right. their schedule is very backloaded still, in my opinion, but they do have the Kansas State win, which which probably was what put them ahead of Louisville. How about yeah. this? So there are 13 teams that are power five that have mm-hmm. one or zero losses. Marler, that's the top 13. They yeah. didn't put any two loss teams ahead of a one loss team. They, it's almost like the selection committee just said, you know what? We don't want to deal with that. We don't want to have to right. answer questions why we're ranking Notre Dame ahead of Mizzou or anything like that. And I, I, I don't hate that because it gives no. us a little bit of transparency. I, I fully agree with you. I fully agree with you. Because that was one thing that I, I was I, – I, I, we do – like our podcast, we, we are supposed to be a little bit more national, which as you know, you've known me forever. So it's like me making the switch to having to give like, praise to the Big Ten, who's been like Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State are, are – Three top ten worthy teams, in my opinion, right? Like it's it's, but it's hard uh, to like, not Penn yeah, State, they, but yeah, Penn yeah. State uh, that is it. Well, they almost lost your alma mater last week, which was which was bizarre, um, in and of itself. But no, I think I think the thing this week was I remember seeing this from last year when people talk about SEC bias, and I would just kind of like beat my chest the whole thing. Like SEC is you've won however many last national championships you played in this many, and like the Heisman's, all these number one draft picks, and blah blah blah. And then you look at it and you're like. Man, last year they had the highest zero loss team, the highest one loss team, two and three loss teams in the final uh, playoff going into bowl games. That is a little bit odd. So I think that this this year, seeing what they put out there so far, I was I was fine with it. The only issue I had in the entire ranking, Connor, was USC at twenty. I think USC is it's it blows my mind they're still ranked. USC's best wins, huh? That Arizona win is actually DC. Yeah, that's okay. All right, that's that's a little bit messed up. Um, the Arizona one's aging better than I thought. That was my lock of the week. I'm on fire with lock of the week, by the way. Really, absolutely on fire. Yeah, um, Arizona plus three against your Oregon State Beavs was my lock of the week. Uh, that was just knocked out of the park. I stayed up and watched all of it. It was great. I did um, too, but I had an Oregon State money line on that. Like for, uh, for our weekly picks, I need you to start doing the the Texas beat hot take because I started out really good with my Bama Texas pick, and ever since then it's been like. Ole Miss is going to beat Bama by 20. I, I don't think I've gotten one right since. It's been real bad. And that Dude. Florida pick last week was not good. That was that was surprising from you. I, I didn't – look, you're, you've been – I've had people that have – people that, that we both respect in this industry yeah. who have said, is Marler a Georgia fan? Is he – does he root for Georgia? So the, the word is out there. Yeah. And I know that I'm not alone. Many people listening to this are probably thinking, oh, I, I thought he was just a Georgia fan. So for yeah. you to go on the record, maybe it was just an emotional hedge. It was a throwback, was. classic Marler emotional hedge to pick Florida. I, I started talking, and it was like the Michael Scott thing. It's like sometimes I'll start a sentence, and I don't even know where it's going to go. Wait a and minute. He, wait a minute. Wait. No, 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 no. You oh, need yeah. to tell me. Uh-huh. You did not have that plan. That just came out. That came out organically in the middle of it. And here's the thing that really bothered me, Connor. Listen, we can talk about the hindsight because I don't think this is going to have as many. Yeah, Willie Gray, he he can attest to it. I I was I was, I was sitting here and I was like, George, I, I don't think at the time before the Florida game, I didn't think that they were the best team. And I was like, they're going to lose one, right? 
and and you look at the 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 list of games they have coming up, and it's like, yeah, they could lose one. And just I, there's, I said at the start of the video, Connor, there's nothing that Florida does that makes me think they're going to win this game. There's just nothing. And then somehow I went from that statement into being like, Florida's going to shock the world and win by one point. And buddy, let me just tell you, I was I was going through it on Twitter on Saturday, and and all of it was deserved. All of it was deserved. That's uh, that's that's surprising. That that is surprising coming from you. Look, uh, we all we all whiff. This time last year, my big swing was Tennessee beating Georgia in mm-hmm. Athens. You were very much right on the money with that one. I was very very off the money. Although I did feel a little bit validated by how good Tennessee was. Yeah. That I said that in the preseason. I felt I, I didn't feel yeah, terrible about how Tennessee turned out to be. But for that day, yeah, I mean, you wear it. It is not our job to get every single pick right. Nobody oh. in this business. Herbstreet is still sitting there with like a goose egg in terms of the the super dog standings on college okay. game day. It's been, it's been rough. Even Stanford yeah. Steve's like getting one out of three right. Like he's you know, even Tony Gwynn's got a better average than Stanford <laughs> Steve. RIP. Um, yeah. But, but yeah. Um, so what I think is is going to be fun to watch post rankings. You realize that by Saturday, Kirby will have convinced his entire team that Mizzou was ranked ahead of Georgia in the first mm-hmm. playoff poll, that Luther Burden didn't want to come to Georgia because he he hated the vibes and just right. said this play this place absolutely sucks and he'll totally ignore the fact that he's, he's you know from East, East St. Louis and he just wanted to stay home. And that also last year, Mizzou actually beat Georgia. Kirby yeah. will have his team convinced of all three of those things by the time number 12 Mizzou takes the field against number two Georgia. And there are some confident Mizzou fans that I have seen. And I'm I'm just I'm just telling y'all to get get ready. Get ready. Vegas is not usually that wrong, and they have them as a 15-point favorite. So we'll see. But um, all right, last question I'm gonna say to you, and we're gonna have to do this every week. And I'm gonna tell you right now because I know that you are a father now and you got a bazillion things going on. I'm going to let you know, one, thank you for coming on. This has been a lot of fun. We'll do it each week after the show. Whichever week ESPN decides to do that BS college basketball doubleheader. Next week, I think. Of course it is. I'm going to give you a break. You don't have to be here for that one because that is always like – that's easier. That's okay. see, this is this is the and for for parents of, of young children, you get what I'm yeah. saying. Seven o'clock is the worst time for this show. It is the worst time during the week to have that at seven o'clock. Right. When that is right, like in you know, for some people, maybe your kid sleeps by seven or something yeah. like that. Maybe they can go down by seven. If, if that's you, that's great. We're not there yet. We're we're getting to the place where eventually that post daycare nap isn't going to exist. Right. We going to bed by around like seven 30, seven, seven 30 instead of like eight 30, which means that the routine is just late. So yeah, nobody really cares about that, but it's uh seven o'clock. It's just, it, it's not a good time. Eight 30, nine o'clock that, yeah. that I can work with a little bit more. Okay. Cause I, I remember last year's episode we were, we were doing, I had like set up all like the stuff for it. And I was all excited and you're like, Hey, I mean, it looks good. I'm like, look at this graphic I made. And you're like, got it. Awesome. And then it was like triple overtime or some, ridiculousness going on in that basketball game but all right last thing i'm saying we'll, we'll get out of here um i don't want I, I don't care how you do it how what you factor in give me your current prediction if you don't mind of your four that you think will be at the end of the year i'll give you mine first so you get a second to think about it i think it's georgia because i think they win the sec um beating lsu by the way i still think lsu i think i think lsu still has a chance to get in i really do because We'll explain it some other time, but I, I just think that I yeah, the Georgia Bama thing. Like, if you right. beat Georgia and Bama in the regular season, yeah, pre playoff, that 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 
2017 Auburn is a reminder. Right. Uh, that is the ultimate two loss point of entry for you. Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. So I think I think Georgia is in. I I think Ohio State. I'm just not willing to say that Michigan is going to be in there yet. Um, I think Florida State. I don't think anyone in the ACC is going to get them. I don't think Florida is going to get them. So I think Florida State will make it. I think you're only going to have. I think you're going to have one from each conference. And I think that the other team that's going to make it that might be the best team in the country is going to be Oregon. And and Oregon has looked really really good as of late. And Bo Nix is not the Bo Nix that was was playing when me, when me and you were hosting. The SCS pod because he is like yeah. light years different now. In his eleventh year as quarterback, he is he has really grown up. Okay, I like that. I, I don't really have much of a problem with that. My my national championship was Georgia and Ohio State, which again, like not not bold or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm sticking with both of those two teams getting in. I think Ohio State gets over the Michigan hurdle okay. and stops that losing skid at two, and then I think still. I'm going to go with my preseason pick of Washington. Now, okay. Who knows? Maybe Oregon. What, what could happen is like a big, tw- like a last year with the big mm-hmm. 12, like a situation like that, where maybe Washington gets through at 12 and 0 and they suffer that first loss to like right. a two loss Oregon team. Yeah, that could happen. And then Oregon wins the pack 12, but Washington still gets in because they only have the one loss. Yeah. I can see that happening. I like, I, I actually, that's what I think is going to end up playing out. And then Florida State. Florida State is the easiest path to the playoff. The easiest path. Like, if you're picking anybody today, and I think the the playoff predictor that ESPN does, take that for what it is. It's kind of all over the place. It's dumb. Florida State, though, is sitting there with the most favorable path, and it's not just because the second tier of of the ACC is kind of down. Mm -hmm. It's because of what they have already done and the fact that they're still undefeated. Now, if they had one loss, different story. Circle, Circle that game at Florida. I had that in the preseason as a Florida I victory. Did. I like that could be a Florida State loss in that yeah. one, but I still think Florida State's path is really, really favorable, and they're the team that I feel most confident about getting in of that group. Yeah, that's fair. All right, man. Well, we ran longer than I, I told you we would. I apologize for that, but I appreciate you coming on. This is always good. We'll do it every every Tuesday, whenever the rankings come out, and um, make sure you guys check out the SDS pod every Sunday and Wednesday. Sunday and Thursday. Sunday Thursday, and okay. Thursday. We we record Wednesday, so Thursday. Yeah, whatever. Same. Yeah. Same. Um, and then check out Saturday football and Sensor as well. And we will talk to y'all next week. All right, brother. I.